You can't see it, but during this episode, Katie's drinking out of a solo cup and Caitlin's drinking wine from a can. It's just totally on brand for us. Hello. How's it going, y'all? <laughs> Welcome to the real football fans of New Jersey. Thank you guys so much for joining us for what is it? Episode 143. We're just wrapping them up. Wrapping them up. Wrapping crazy, up. crazy, crazy. It's a funny episode tonight because before we hopped on live, Katie was like, Katie's in the move, uh, the process of moving. And she was like, listen, like I've packed up all my wine glasses. I'm drinking out of a solo cup tonight. Cheers, and I laughed because I, this past weekend, was in the Finger Lakes and I was at a million and one wineries. And what I picked up from one of the wineries was wine in a can. So Katie and I are very off brand tonight. We are going solo cup canned wine. Everything that you can imagine. The classy real football fans of New Jersey tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We, we put our classy hats on. But the real thing is that when it comes to we don't discriminate the wine. We'll put it in a yeah. cup. We'll drink it out of a can. I don't care. As long you, as you can ask, you can ask Caitlin. I drank it out of a flower vase one time at a bar. She, she absolutely did. It was, you know, kind of, we don't have any clean things left. Do you want this? Katie was like, I don't care. Deliver me the wine. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, it's really the wine. <laughs> but we are you gonna roll with it. Guys. We are coming guys at you guys live tonight. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're gonna go ahead and read off some questions that you all have for us if you do have any questions for us you know live while we're doing the show go ahead send them in we're here Absolutely. we got a little bit of the the praise on facebook already so Ooh. hello that's praise to you as well we are so happy to be here so first question of the night which housewives crew would you invite to a giants game funny question for sure well i think first and foremost you have to go with either new york or new jersey and hope Ooh. that some of those women are giants fans right like you, you want to bring some of some of your own to the game hopefully um and then i think it just comes down to which which group of girls that have i always wanted to hang out with the most and that would be my roni gals listen i get it i get it for sure we get you know jack's coming in on facebook with jersey and i get it you want some of those fans but i don't know i think i'm actually new to the crowd i'm gonna go with the real Housewives of salt lake city girl Obviously, you have, you know, you know, one that is a, you know, wife to a college football coach. I mean, I just I think that when I think of Giants games and who I'm attending these games with, like, I don't want to be embarrassed. We see these women at Giants games walking around in stilettos, tight leggings, all this stuff. Like, who are you trying to prove? If you we can't tell me, you can't tell me Jen Shaw wouldn't come into a football game in stiletto, stiletto. I think if I provided guidelines to them, though, they would be like, all right, you know what? We're going to listen to Caitlin. We're going to glam it up, but we'll go by her guidelines. 
New York and New Jersey gals, I just don't know if I can take them seriously at a football game. And I think Salt Lake City has kind of proved so far that I think they can kind of take it a little seriously. They are cool cool chips. I feel like I could could see them at a football game. They're cool gals. So moving more so into football. So our next question is, with the news of Philip Rivers retiring, which we will get into in a little bit, do the Colts turn to Percent or to the NFL draft? This is so tricky because I think with the draft, I mean, I had to look because I couldn't remember. They are pick number 21. And I feel like if somebody happens to fall to them, they do need to be prepared and be ready and, and look at all the quarterbacks in the draft of like, if this happens and this is a situational thing, go for it. But it, it kind of sucks. I don't think there's good free agents. And I think at pick 21, a lot of those top quarterbacks are going to be gone. You really might have to stick with Jacoby Brissett for a season. Well, listen, there was only two options here, Jacoby Brissett right. and the draft. I'm right. actually going towards quarterbacks that are in the NFL right now. You have Matthew Safford. You have, well, obviously no one's getting Dak Prescott. You have Carson Wentz and all that drama in Philly. And guess what? Deshaun Watson wants out of yes. Houston. Yeah. So those are three main people that the Colts can go after right now. So yeah. I'm actually going in that. You didn't provide us right. that option, but I'm taking that option. Right, right, right. And then finally, another um, uh, football question. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the Jets using the second pick on a non-quarterback and sticking with Darnold? There's all this buzz out about Sala and the GM saying that they still really believe in uh, Sam Darnold, even saying that they feel he has untapped potential. I don't really see it. Um, I would either, I, I think they should put a real push into Deshaun Watson. I think they have a lot of yeah. money they can go after him. Um, well, he was in New York, so that's the narrative now. So, And if not, um, yeah, I would, I would draft somebody at two. I would. Yeah, I mean, I definitely understand it. I think with the head coach move, that almost proved to me that they are going to stick with Sam Darnold. I think they are too, but. So I I honestly like, okay, so if we're looking at it like realistically, you're going to look at Trevor Lawrence, you're going to see Justin Field. If you want to do a one-two combo, those are your one-two combos at quarterback one. Could be be Zach Wilson though. I see his name up there. Yeah, no, that's fair for sure. But I just think right now with where, and they could have gone in multiple different directions with the head coach. And I think the way in which they went, it's going to be Sam Darnold for the future. So I just, that's what I'm sold on here. That's what I'm expecting as well. But do I think that he's the answer? No. So I I really think they should, I think this should be one of the top teams to make a push for Watson. I mean, listen, you've heard me time and time again on this podcast. I truly do believe that the Jets will not move on from Sam Darnold. Um, I really don't. I think that, you know, upper management and head office, they think that he's their franchise quarterback. And maybe Adam Gase was the problem. Were there problems before Adam Gase came in? Absolutely. But maybe he was a big time problem. But I don't know. So do they have a lot of other shit to fix? Absolutely. Also, so. I've seen I, I've also seen a lot of mock drafts in where they don't take a quarterback at two, and they take um, Sewell, the offensive lineman, right? Yeah. Let's also have another pick towards the end of the first round. I've seen a lot of ones where they're taking uh, Alabama running back Perrine, right? Oh, yes. Okay, so yes. I've seen that a lot too. So here's my thing: if that's what happens, 
right? Because yeah. you can make the argument that they've never surrounded Darnold with talent. Now, you draft yeah. the top lineman at number two, and you also give him, you know, a running, a first round running back. And then if he doesn't produce, like, what's your excuse now? Yeah. I think if that happens and nothing changed with Darnold, then you absolutely need to make plans for the future that does not include him. Yeah, well, it's important to note, too, that um, offensive lineman, well, guard for Alabama, Landon Dickerson, did uh, declare um, whatever for the draft today. Yeah. So he is another huge, you know, very talented lineman that should go in the first round if people okay. are looking in that area. So, again, that's another area the Jets could pick up. Do I yeah. want them to go there? No, but they can. So Yeah, absolutely. So great questions. Thank you guys for sending them our way. As always, we are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, the Twitter right now. So send your questions in, send your thoughts in. We'll read them. We'll put them up yes, on screen. Yes. Hello. And the people listening to the podcast later can just have all this entertainment for them. So real quickly before we get into our, you know, big yeah. story of the week for football, but you know, this is a big story, but also leading into maybe potentially another big stories. So this, as of this morning, um, Philip Rivers has officially announced his retirement. Um, so I saw it from, um, where did I see it on Twitter this morning for the, like, it wasn't the official official from Philip Rivers, but probably from like, whatever. Um, and then it came from Philip Rivers, you know, just a couple, couple hours, maybe like an hour or two later with his official statement, things yeah. like that. As we know, he is going on to coach a high school team in Alabama. That has been on his game plan for a couple of years. He secured that back. Um, and then also, too, like on the heels of this, is Drew Brees going to officially announce his retirement in the next yeah. couple of days, weeks? Who knows? Everyone's saying that they're obviously giving him his time to make his decisions. Uh, clearly, a a powerful moment at the end of, you know, the Saints game, you know, last week, him looking up, him looking back at the stadium, yeah. him and Tom Brady at the end of the game. So a lot going on right now. Um, it's funny, though, you know, Katie and I were talking about Philip Rivers, you know, earlier in today, and it's easy to see an announcement like this kind of, you know, not be swept under the rug, but almost kind of like, oh, shoot, like, Philip Rivers, like he's going to retire. Like you weren't even like thinking of it really. Yeah. It wasn't on our mind. I mean, playoffs are on our mind. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's kind of, you almost like, I almost thought that he definitely had another year in him. And I think in the beginning of the season, so great acquisition of the Colts bringing him on for signing him for one year. I think right. the beginning of the season, you know, the team was doing okay. He wasn't just, he was just kind of there. He was a quarterback, whatever. Near the end of the season, you know, Postseason run. We're looking good. Colts are looking good. Philip Rivers is looking good. Um, but then you kind of get hit with that PTSD from the San Diego Chargers, and it's hit again. And it's like he can't he can't complete another like playoff game yeah. again, can't yeah. make it to the next level. Unfortunately, tremendous career for him, but unfortunately, right. no Super Bowl, no Super Bowl wins. Right. So and that's going to be yeah. that's going to be the big point too, because obviously we all remember he came in that draft class with mm -hmm. Eli Manning, with Ben Roethlisberger, both both guys winning two Super Bowls each. Uh, Philip probably played just as good. Mm -hmm. Some could even make an argument that he was the best regular season quarterback out of those three. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But at the end of the day, people are going to look at Super Bowls, and that'll be a very interesting thing going into the future with a Hall of Fame bid for him or not. Yeah. So we do have a question on Facebook. Actually, I'm going to showcase okay. the screen. Um, 
screen here. Um, if you are a Giants fan, is it ever acceptable to root for the Eagles <laughs> or any other team in the NFC East? Wow. Honestly, so this is a, I think this is a new Facebook fan for us. I don't know if you have any relation to my boyfriend, but I don't understand why it says the Eagles and the NFC East. <laughs> but if you do, like, I'll probably pick a fight with you later. Uh -oh. But I mean, I don't know, like what, I mean, think of us a couple of weeks back. I mean, we were just all in that position in week 17. We were rooting for the Eagles, essentially. Yeah. And then they screwed us over. So I don't know. Is it acceptable? Probably not. I don't want to do it ever again. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was an awful position to be put yeah. in. And yeah, let's just hope it, it's never, we never find ourselves in that position again. I guess when it comes to rankings, though, like the Eagles and the Cowboys are just so, it, they make us roll our eyes. We hate them to the end of the day. When it comes to the Washington football team, I'm just like, you know what? whatever like get over again <laughs> they're yeah. like like i don't even know like the thing that like no one looks at no one really cares about yeah. like, we always say that year after year and then recently like they're the ones that are in the playoffs so i don't even know what's going on there <laughs> I can, and and i can live with that you know obviously we feel can, it's yeah. not going to be the giants i'd rather it be washington before it's dallas or philly so 100% agree. So yeah. hopefully that answers your question. Is it acceptable? I don't know. Probably not. Does it feel good? No. 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 Oh, it's like a, ugh, a bad piece. Very icky feeling. Very icky. Uh, let's, but let's get into our big stories of the week in the world of football. Obviously, the thing that's, you know, besides playoffs that's happening right now is all of the head coach hirings. Uh, I almost expected that we would be making some announcements of hirings, but it took a little bit. And I think, you know, obviously we had some coaches that were still coaching in the playoffs. We still do. I mean, there's still some positions to be filled. Um, but so far, this is what we have. Uh, on Thursday, this was like first right out the gate. The rumors were strong. We all kind of anticipated it. The Jacksonville Jaguars hired former former Ohio State and Florida head coach Urban Meyer. Uh, Meyer took off last season from coaching due to health reasons. We all remember he won three national championships as a head coach in college, two with Florida, one with Ohio State. We're highly anticipating that he's going to be paired with Trevor Lawrence, probably yeah. taking him number one overall in the draft. I say this all the time. I'm not a huge fan of when you need to fill a head coaching vacancy, pulling from the college pool. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather see guys from the NFL go, but it is Urban Meyer. He is one of the biggest names in college football, has been for a long time. What do you think about this hire? Listen, I think that, so to go on your point of, you know, not going to the uh, the college football and like the amount of people that are in the pool in the NFL, I think just from time, uh, time and time again, we see that, you know, teams take chances on offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, special teams people. Obviously, we took a huge chance on Joe Judge. Yeah. Not everyone is a Joe Judge. And we're seeing a lot of these movements and these shifts, and we're seeing these coordinators not particularly doing well at head coach. And I think that there's a big discussion right now in the NFL. Like, there's a lot of talented coaches out there, especially when it comes to diversity. And people are saying, you know, they're not making the proper shift within the NFL, in the NFL, so internally. But right. at the end of the day, like, I think the data just shows that these some of these coordinators that are moving up to head coaches aren't doing well and then yeah. they'll, they'll take a step back and that's really it like 
we've seen head coach go to head coach. Like that makes sense. Like look at Mike McCarthy. We've seen him go from the Packers over to the Cowboys. And guess what? That didn't really do well either. So you see that transition, but the most common transition is from a coordinator to a head coach position internally within the NFL. So well, I understand that you don't 100% agree going to college. And I said this on our last show too. If you're a college coach and you're making that next step, you better, you better, better be ready. That is your comfort zone. Because I yeah. spoke about on the last show what college coaches, when they're good and they're nest in their, like nestled in their area, what they're getting and how like yeah. long term that is monetary wise, you know, what they're doing for their family, where they're living, everything like that is all bundled into one. All right. into, and it's long-term. Right. So if you're going to make the next step, you better make that next step. Right. So I agree with you on that for sure. The thing with Urban Meyer though, which is very interesting because he clearly took a year off. Right. Of medical issues. There's a lot of controversy around him as a head coach. There's a lot of controversy around him as with his medical condition. Yeah. A lot of people assume he's lying, that he was caught in a scandal at Ohio State right. and lied about things like that. And to move just kind of gracefully into a head coaching position in the NFL when there are other people around, there are other candidates, that to me is definitely questionable. But he clearly has a successful resume. So yeah. do I shoot it down entirely? No. Do I think yeah, no. maybe in, in a year or two, we might see him stop and be like, okay, I'm actually really retired now. I'm done. <laughs> I don't know. So. We'll see. It's, I mean, it's certainly going to be interesting. You got the number one draft pick. That's already an advantage over a lot of the other uh, new head coaches. Well, think about that that, you're now the head coach. We're number one draft pick. There's a lot of pressure to make that work. Okay, you're getting you're, not, you're getting Trevor Lawrence. Like you yeah. got to make that work. So yeah, there's definitely pressure with that as well. Uh, quick comment on yeah. um, uh, the Facebook. Uh, just calling out Tom Brady. So Mr. TB12. So okay. <laughs> good. Just, just for the hell of it. <laughs> just just for the hell of it. All right. All right. <laughs> Um, on Thursday, the Jets, they hired their guy, San Francisco defensive coordinator, Robert Sala. I'm a big fan of him. I know he was definitely at the tippy top of the hiring list. Everybody was looking at him. Um, he is also the San Francisco's passing game coordinator, Mike LaFleur, brother of Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. He will be joining the Jets as well as the team's offensive coordinator. Um, Salah was highly sought after and Houston was actually the only team that didn't request an interview from him. I was a little surprised by this one at first. And because obviously I feel as though the Jets have, oh, defense has never been their problem. It's always been offense. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because it feels like every single draft, it's always defense in the first round, defense in the first round, defense in the first round. And then you went and you hired a defensive coordinator as your coach. Well, I mean, Sam Darnold needs help. That offense needs help. But I quickly retracted how I felt about it based on what the Jets said. It kind of reminded me of the Giants hiring Joe Judge. They were like, throw out offense and defense. We want to hire a leader of men. And Robert Sala is that guy. You're hiring a mindset. Uh, mindset. Yes. That's what you're hiring. I absolutely love the hire for the New York Jets. And it kills yeah. me to 
say it's for the New York Jets. It's funny, I tweeted it out that morning and I said, you know, our younger, our baby brother made a good move. Uh, the I, baby <laughs> I was really afraid it was it was going to be Robert Sala to Philly. So honestly, when I saw him going yes. anywhere besides Philly, I was like, whoo, I'm good. Honestly, for sure. So if they go to our baby brother, totally fine. But a big move by the New York Jets again. Yeah. I like you, like you had said, with you know, comparison to us hiring uh, Joe Judge, you are hiring a mindset. It's not yeah. you have to put aside you know positions, and you need right. to hire someone that the team is going to like. Uh, the Jets, time after time, it's you know the fan base is diminishing, the locker room's diminishing. You need to come and bring someone and bring that back I up. I was just rally the troops. Absolutely. Uh, you know, in the mornings, like on the way back from Orange Theory, occasionally I'll pop on uh, Boomer and Geo and see what they have to say. With this one, they were letting Jets fans call in and let them, you know, voice their opinions on things. And listen, yeah. a lot of them were, it was very positive. It was, yeah. Beat. And, you know, it's, it's it's been a long time since we've heard a Jets fan be upbeat. So, yeah, yeah we're ready. We're already on a good start, you know, and I'm, you know, I, I, I just think it's a really good move for them. I think so, too. And I th I'm excited to see what he does there. Yeah. Um, on Saturday, the Falcons hired Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith. Kind of I like really, that. truly pride myself on knowing pretty much everything about the NFL. And I had to Google who Arthur Smith was. I can concur. And yeah. I know the two of us will openly admit it, as we just did right yeah. now. It was one of those, like, when, like, you know, we share, like, the NFL, like, Instagram posts, like, to our page. And just, like, you, I literally continued to look at it. And I was like, who the fuck? Like, who? Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that we didn't really know of him or even like like I heard of his name like whatever. I heard his name a little bit like in the rumblings and the rumors mm -hmm. about head coaches potentially um but it's interesting that we didn't have him on our radar because he was reportedly Atlanta's top choice so they got their guy uh and what are you doing behind the scenes that like no one knows about literally I, honestly honestly that was the Joe Judge hire Joe Judge was not like this hot name that everybody knew about. And when the Giants hired him, we all had to say, who? Who the hell is that? What happened? Right? So, you know what? I can't make judgments anymore. Um, he's 38 years old. He's another young coach who's going to get his shot. He was Tennessee's offensive coordinator for the last two seasons. And honestly, then you played a part in the resurgence of Ryan Tannehill's career. And the team also made the postseason in both of those years that you were the offensive coordinator. You kind of not only a resurgence of Ryan Tannehill, but of the Tennessee Titans as well, I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, so that had to be very appealing and very, um, you know, nice to look at his resume for Atlanta. Atlanta has the pieces. They need to get over that hump and get into the playoffs mm -hmm. because they have players. It's not even like a hump. It's like a, I don't even know. It's like a yeah. massive, like, woolly mammoth. They the start out, they start, not get through. start out so slow and then don't really pick things up until, like, after the bye. So th this is, uh, we're going to see how this hire goes. But again, I, I after that Joe Judge hire, I feel like I'm just not even going to make judgments anymore. Anything you know is possible. I mean? 
Yeah. So, um, and then also on Sunday, the Chargers hired their guy, Los An staying in Los Angeles, but coming from the Los Angeles Rams, defensive coordinator Brandon Staley, another 38-year-old, another young guy. He spent one season with the Rams in which he led, in which the team had the league's number one defense in terms of scoring, total defense, and pass defense. So that's obviously very impressive. Um, the team also had their best defensive season since 1975. That's just too short of a time frame for me. It is. And honestly, I kind of wanted to see Eric Bieniemy uh, for this job. And this I is like one of the things that it's going around constantly. And it's one of the narratives that I've been like, I don't try to get too pulled, pulled into NFL narratives because, you know, NFL analysts can create yeah. the easiest stuff. But with the I always screw up his last name. Bienemy, Bienemy. I'm sorry. Um, it is. It really is wild because he is so freaking talented. It's not yeah. even funny, and it's proved on resumes. Everything that he has talented. But one of the craziest things I heard this week, and he does interviews. Like he talks about. Yeah. I am convinced, and after hearing all this stuff, I conspiracy interview well. No, the conspiracy oh. theory is that Andy Reid will not let his ass go and that the deal on the table from Andy Reid is that when I retire, you will become the new head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. I really don't want to see Andy Reid retire anytime soon, but I mean, it could, he is older. It could definitely be on time. Say three to five years. That's still more stuffing underneath. And let guess it, they just gave Patrick Mahomes eight gazillion dollars for the next 10 years. Listen, Josh, Josh McDaniels could have been a head coach like these last however many seasons. Kind of interesting. His name has not come up this year. I like, in the next. Actually, that was one of the things I okay. don't know interviewed, but I, I did. Well, listen, what did what did what did Josh McDaniels do instead? Instead, he was like, okay, one day if Bill retires, maybe I'll take over. In the meantime, things are looking pretty over here, and I'm going to collect my Super Bowl rings. Honestly, like, I could see – I said that I think the Chiefs, and they've been my pick to win the Super Bowl this whole year, and they could win at least probably two more, yeah. I think, with this squad and Patrick Mahomes. Maybe he just collects some rings and, like you said, maybe takes over after Andy Reid or something. But is it the worst thing that – I mean, it sucks that you're not getting your opportunity really, but could be worse. You're sticking with a squad that could go after rings. Absolutely. Um, and then the last one, uh, we did have – this happened a little bit earlier, a couple hours ago. The Detroit Lions, they did hire New Orleans assistant head coach and tight end coach Dan Campbell, he was their favorite for that job. And so now we have two teams left, the Houston Texans and the Philadelphia Eagles. My other theory about the enemy and, and why that hasn't happened yet is I also think too, when the very, when the first team makes the first move, like the first hire, like, okay, Urban Meyer off the table. Yeah. I feel like a lot of teams get really like scared that their guy could be gone or like they've got to make a move really quick. And Biennemi is still very much so in the playoffs. And maybe they just felt like, okay, we don't have time to wait for him yeah. and interview him and see when we can get him in. You know, we've got to make moves and we've got to make them now. That's my only other theory on that. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess, but it's just like, I don't know, like we always point back to like the NFL is a business, like you really want to hire the right person and you can't be, I know, but people are saying, I don't have time. Like if you're really focused and honed in on the right candidate and the one that's going to take you to success, I don't care how long it freaking takes you. I agree, but I honestly think right now. They don't I think some of these teams might get nervous and might feel like, oh my God, I've got to make my move and I've got to make it now. And I'm uh, that's what I think. Well, listen, Houston and Eagles, if you guys are watching us right now, this is your someone call. Make your move now. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah, someone can wake up tomorrow and make the move first. Absolutely. It's going to so, be interesting to see. Uh, I think a lot of these hires were surprising. I didn't expect a lot yeah. of them. And so who, who knows what to expect from the two teams we have left. Yeah, well, listen, I all we can hope for is that, you know, we're seeing a big trend of, you know, kind of these uh, 10 years of coaches, not so great, very short lived and everything like that. So yeah. hopefully that a lot of these moves, a lot of these new hires will see, you know, long term, yeah. doesn't have to be long term success, but it can be long term development, it could be long term building things like that. So absolutely. All righty, so let's get into our divisional round thoughts and what a weekend it, what a long weekend for most yes. people it was. Um, so you did get some Saturday, Sunday action here. So the Green Bay Packers beat the Los Angeles Rams 32 to 18 with 48 and excuse, 484 total yards of offense, including 188 rushing yards against a very, very tough defense. Yeah, that's so, crazy impressive. What have we been talking about? What we spoke about last week that Rams defense number one for a majority yeah. of the time. And guess what? Thinking about going into it, but those numbers against that defense, Green Bay Packers, holy. Watch out. Watch out. Scary. Um, oh, okay. So, yes. Okay. So, we did. We did get a comment on YouTube about the enemy. I'm sorry. Honestly, please, someone. Roy no, you're good. You're good. Okay. Um, he is. So, the comment is that he is still playing. So, right now, so the teams have to yeah. wait until the Super Bowl, everything like that, to announce anything. So, that's interesting. So, yeah. Things might have been done, but they can't announce anything. I'm right, still going right. with the conspiracy theories that I've heard that Andy Reid will never let him go, and he is the he's the successor of the Kansas City. I also think that if a team already had him in place too, and was just like all we're waiting for is for him to not be in the playoffs or Super Bowl or whatever, I still feel like Adam Schefter would have reported like Eagles expected to hire Bienemy like after you know this season. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we would have heard it. That and also they're still interviewing people. We're hearing reports yeah. that Houston and Philly are actively interviewing people. They wouldn't yeah. do that. Don't waste that. people's time. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then also to quick comment in from YouTube that the Rams yeah. had zero sacks and one quarterback hit. So where the hell were the Los Angeles Rams? I don't know. I, I said I said last week that the key to the Green Bay Packers winning was that all pro uh, line, that yeah. Pro Bowl line for Green Bay. If you keep Aaron Rodgers upright and he doesn't get hit, I mean that's the key for them for the rest of the way. Well, he was up a hundred percent, probably ninety, actually ninety nine point nine percent of that game for sure. So moving into our other game, so Buffalo defeated Baltimore seventeen to three, and there we go. Let's talk about a defense because that's the defense that showed yeah. up. 
They held Lamar Jackson to 162 passing yards, and they also had one interception and 34 rushing yards. So, oh my goodness gracious. Like, I got to tell you, man, I think Lamar is so suspect. I think as long as you, as long as he you can shut him down running wise, I think he's so easily beatable. Well, I think the thing, you know, going into the first like round of the playoffs with the Ravens, it was the whole narrative of, you know, Lamar's gonna shut everyone down, shut everyone up, saying like, you know what, like I can win a playoff game, all this stuff. Great. Listen, Lamar Jackson, congratulations. You won one playoff game. To prove yourself and to continue moving forward, you needed to win last week. Yeah. And not only win last week, but like score more than three points. Like, well, I feel like I feel like he could have lost the game. And if his stats were were good, it could have been like, okay, you played a really good team. Yet a really good game still, but his stats were so ugly. But he's feeding into the narrative that he can't win a playoff game because I'm not even going to give you that first win because of last week. I'm sorry, I can't. You doing that turns you into the Chargers of years of years back, where they went to the playoffs like every single year, but then just lost. But nobody's it. nobody's afraid. Like you're like not the Bengals. Crap. The Bengals went to so many first round yeah. playoff games, but that wasn't. They weren't. But a win with Andy Dalton. He'd always get you there, but they never won. So like Lamar Jackson, like that is you right now. You won yes. one game, but you need to show us more. And again, yeah. like what Katie just said, show us the stats then. 17 to 3. You were shut out. You were literally yeah. stomped out of that game. Yeah. Um, so moving into our next game. Um, so uh so the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Cleveland Browns 22 to 17, uh, 22 to 17. Um, and they're going to host the AFC Championship for the third straight season. So unfortunately, though, Patrick Mahomes did suffer a concussion. It was a very, um, very scary sight for sure to see him get hit and kind of wobble his way back up. It was it was. Uh, they kept playing the replay. And I was like, can we stop? Like, it was very yeah. scary to see. Um, so he did leave the game. So Chad Henney came in and was like, no, 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 Cleveland, we are still winning this game. Yeah. Um, and then, honestly, we really don't know if Patrick Mahomes is playing this weekend. The status is up in the air. You had a really eerie video from Brett Favre come out yesterday, basically saying, like, don't, like, sacrifice your health. Like, I know you want to play, but, like, dude, yeah. like, I've been there and, like, we all know, like, Brett Favre, like, great career, but, like, yeah. a lot of videos of him lately are, like, it's kind of questionable, like, what's going on upstairs, so. Yeah, and then um, we also, the latest I saw on that was that he had a full practice today, that he was looking good. We don't know. My my guess is going to be that he's going to play, but, you know, it's a protocol. It's a whole step-by-step -step thing before that you can actually be, like, they can let you play. You can't mess with your noggin. That's all I have to say. You really uh, yeah. can't. Like, you can try to run on a torn ACL and, like, attempt to play. That was the biggest story with Phil Rivers today. You know, they brought back that playoff game where he did play on a torn ACL. But, like, your noggin, guys, your brain, your head, that is just a completely different area and just something you really can't mess with. But yeah. so 
we'll see this weekend again. We don't know. It's a day, a day of a day thing. So yeah. we really don't know. Um, quick commentary on the YouTube Chiefs yeah. show the Browns. What happens when a team doesn't spot them 28 points in the first quarter? So I know. Hey, they- <laughs> listen, when I listen, I wasn't able to watch that game, but when I saw that Henny came in and then I saw that the Browns yeah. were kind of like inching closer, I was like, I was like, damn, it's a good thing they had like a decent lead on them because, you know, it it could have been a game that was lost for sure. 100%. And then finally, our final game of this past weekend, Tampa Bay beat the New Orleans Saints 30 to 20. Um, It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers first divisional round win since 2002. And Tampa Bay's defense forced three Drew Brees interceptions. So you're going to win when you do that. Those aren't words you normally see as a game wraps up a Drew Brees interception, let alone three of them. So that was honestly, I was happy because I picked Tampa Bay to win and Caitlin yeah. and I actually went four and on our picks this past weekend. Very proud of that. Um, but it made it so much worse knowing that that was like 90, there was a 95% chance that that was Drew Brees' last game. And to see it end like that was, Oof. it's, Sucked. I didn't like seeing it like that. I know. I don't know. I still have. I you have a little bit of hope. I think I have. I. I don't think it's the end. I don't. All right. All right. We'll see. We shall see. But let's get into our AFC and NFC championship game picks. My God, this was hard, and it makes it really hard to pick it on a Wednesday, not knowing the status of Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Going to potentially be rolling the dice on that game. Uh, but, Caitlin, why don't you tell me who you picked? I, I, I know that we, the last two rounds of the playoffs, we have been exactly the same. I think that this is where we part ways, my friend. All right. So, for this weekend, I am going with the Green Bay Packers and the Buffalo Bills. All right. Listen, you've been saying Buffalo this whole time. I've been saying Kansas City the whole time. I've got to stick with that. I am also going with Green Bay as well, though. I'm going with Green Bay and Kansas City. Rolling the dice because I might get Chad Henney out of this, but we'll see. Hey, but listen, Chad Henney did, you know, some good things. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. The Chiefs are slacked yeah. in every a lot of other play. Their yes. defense look questionable. Like, oh, things going on. So right. you never know. You never know. <laughs> All righty, let's shift gears a little bit, but don't worry. We are still talking NFL playoffs in a little bit, but let's shift gears to Housewives. So if you thought the drama was stirring in the NFL, the drama is stirring with the real Housewives of New Jersey. Finally. You've been waiting for this moment. Waiting. Waiting. I know I, I keep like looking at those Bravo like Instagram accounts, like leading up until this trailer drop. It was like every morning they'd post something like, Can you please just drop the New Jersey trailer? We've waited a very, very long time. We really have because we've been reporting on filming for the past like what four or five months, six months, maybe. Yeah. They pretty I, much filmed the entire summer. So. so we had been mentioning multiple things on it. So we've been waiting, right. like, seriously been waiting. So yeah. finally, finally, we do have a trailer for season uh, 11 of Real Housewives in New Jersey. Um, we do have a premiere date too. So February 17th. So again, after, 
it's after a long weekend. So you get Valentine's Day on Sunday, a long weekend, hopefully for President's Day on Monday. And then it's kind of like, let's get back to work and Real Housewives of New Jersey is on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Um, But honestly, this trailer, it's like, do you have words? Yes, we have all the words for this. But Gotta tell you guys, like, my hair on my arms was, like, standing up afterwards. I want to know how many times you've watched it because I've watched it four times. You had to watch it multiple times because it's, like, did I miss something? Because I don't know after the first one, like, what did I want? Like, what just happened? Yeah. (laughs) Sincerely, what just happened? So let's um, just, like, kind of break things down here. Just, like, some main talking points. So the first thing that we see in the beginning is clearly the men are coming back full throttle. Thank goodness, because we do love our Jersey men. But there's, like, cheating scandals in multiple of them. And it's kind of because we see things, you know, with Marge and Joe, and then also we're seeing things with Joe and Melissa. And it's like, where the, that one took <laughs> another planet. Like yeah, no. Melissa getting the number of like, what was it? A, a, it was a waiter or like yes, that? Teresa comes out and says like in a clip that they were at a restaurant and that the uh, restaurant owner asked for Melissa's number. And she said, him and Melissa have been texting all day. And then there's the line because I've watched it four times now where I don't know what the discussion was about, but you see Joe Gorga and Melissa and he's like, you better watch yourself. Cause like, I'll never speak to you again. I feel like I can't. I wanted to throw up. I almost. I know. I know. Like <laughs> almost did. Um, and then I think with like Margaret and Joe, like there's this heated scene with, you know, them and you never see them fight ever, you never see them fight. And she's going after him, like on something on a very personal level, it yeah. seems like again, like almost like a cheating scandal. Yeah. So it's <laughs> obviously we knew, obviously we knew there, there was going to be that rumor about Jackie and Evan that Teresa kind of started, which I don't right. really think is true. I don't think um, it's um, but we 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 were expecting that. And then when we were hit with these other things yeah. from the other couples, it was like a dagger. Like, yeah. I guess to see the Jackie and Evan thing like on actual video, though, was a lot, I guess, like harder hitting than like just hearing rumors, yeah. like seeing something on page six or social media. Right. Like when you're actually like seeing it unfold and like you clearly see like Jackie's reaction to a lot of stuff, like in this like preview, like the one scene where she's like hysterically crying, like we've never seen her that emotional before ever. Um, Do you know the rumors that like she does like potentially leave a trip or doesn't attend a trip like that? Definitely seems like that all is going in there. Um, So yeah, so everything like that, but (laughs) something is kind of like funny coming out of it because Katie and I did discuss this. Like, this is a very drama-filled trailer. Yeah. And, like, we're used to seeing, like, some, like, funny outtakes or funny parts of it. We didn't really get that much. But one of the funnier sides of things was Teresa is now single. So she's able to express her sexuality a very fun, fun way. So in the past, maybe she hasn't been able to express that because her – Husband was either in jail or in Italy and things she like that. She was still technically married. She is single now and she is single, ready to mingle. And she's yeah. also single, ready to mingle and horny, according to Teresa. She claims that <laughs> but she is. Um, it doesn't seem like we're going to.
to meet her new boyfriend yeah. this season. So she does seem very, very single here. And again, I crack up because I just, we always say like, I feel like, like, like adults over the age of like, I don't know, 39 or like 40. Like we say, like, don't make out, don't do anything. You can't do that. You're not allowed yeah. to do that. So everything that she does in this preview, like with like her being like horn, it's just hilarious. To me, it cracks me up. Like I can't, I'm not yeah. mature enough to listen to someone talk like that. So so interesting because just like off comparison, like we are so used to the New York women a lot of them being single and a lot of them being very like expressive and yeah. flir big time flirts in New York. And we're so used to New yeah. Jersey having the men, right? They're yeah. all married. They're all in relationships. This is very interesting. I mean, she's going to be the only one that's like out there, you know, doing her thing. She's on the prowl. So yes. hopefully her gal pals get her out there and they get her what she wants. Clearly yeah. she's very happy right now, but hopefully her single journey was a very, very fun one. I can yeah. only hope for that for Teresa. And then also too, like we're seeing some issues with Jennifer's drinking. So right. we've seen that on the past where, you know, she she's a tequila gal. So when it comes to tequila gals, guess what? They're drinking a solo cup of what you're having right now, but yeah. it's of tequila. That's a lot of alcohol. Yeah. It's, it's like, aggressive. it's like when you just like when someone orders like a martini or something straight up, I'm like, how do you not? People do that. I'd have a sip of it and be like, help me. <laughs> I'm, still not, I'm still not at that level of help, but yet I'm no. not here. I think I've peaked with wine in adulthood. So I'm going to stick to, I can't, yeah. I'm going to stick to that because yeah. I don't know how people do that for sure, but it is brought up and we actually do see some pretty disturbing clips where she is pretty, pretty well intoxicated. Yeah. And, you know, to me, like when I envision my future, like I hope I never really look like that as a mother, let alone, yeah. I don't, if I look like that as a mother, hopefully it's away for a weekend, away from my children with the company of people I trust, not on like, you know, TV. So yes. Yeah. Yes. Just, just saying we all have our moments. I would not want my moments filmed. So, no. <laughs> um, and then, oh my goodness gracious, this is the part where my hair stood up. It literally stood, like, stood up on my arms. We are back at it again with the family drama llama with Joe and Teresa and Melissa. And it's whew, so apparently um, it is Teresa versus Joe and Melissa again. Yeah. And it seems like the root of everything that, you know, Joe uh, Judice, you know, has said things about like Joe Gorga and right. mainly what we see in first of all, it's big, big shout out to the cheese plate in this part because Melissa Gorga picks up a cheese plate. But like, big shout out to the cheese plate. You did not deserve that. Don't, don't be uncool, Melissa. You never toss a cheese plate. You really don't because like, I love cheese plates. I love making yeah. them. I love eating them. And I just really, if I was in the background of that scene, I wish I was at that party. So I would have been like, <laughs> not no, yeah, no, we would not be happy about that. Not because of the family issue. I would have been like, the cheese, the cheese plate. No. Or you'd see me in the corner like, <laughs> eating it on the ground. <laughs> but like literally, so, but this part was very, very disturbing and disturbing from like a family feud like side of things. So apparently that's what it seems like that. And Melissa does come out and say like, so you're going to defend your ex-husband over your brother. And that's when Joe Gorga comes into the mix of things and he screams at his sister 
Like I have never seen a human being scream at someone before. Yeah. And like I said, my hairs on my arms went up when I texted Katie after. I like all I could envision was like one of my brothers yelling at me like that. And I could I couldn't even fathom. If that yeah. ever happens, like I would probably need to be put in like like a home. Like I'd like literally in like therapy or like rehab or something. Like he gets so angry. And it only makes me like question and like a little curious, like what goes beyond like on behind closed doors. This is on camera. And he agreed to this being released to the public. That's yeah. That well, scares me. Yeah. And I think the worst part was obviously like the dagger when he basically says like, you're going to defend him. Like he literally put our mother in the grave. And like I, I, that was the worst part. That was the worst part. And because Teresa says it all the time herself, she's like, I was in jail and my mother like died yeah. and I missed like an entire year of her life because of Joe. I know. So yeah, I do question Teresa like sticking up for Joe Judice. What what do you need to have his back for anymore? Like you could be cordial, you don't have to hate yeah. the guy by all means, but you really have no reason to like stick up for him over your brother and Melissa at this point now. And like your daughters are getting older and they can watch the shows, they can you know what was right and what was They're wrong. They're not dumb. They're not dumb people. Like it's not like and not for nothing, Joe Gorga has been a father to those girls yes. like, far more than Joe Judice has. And he stepped in and he made sure he was there for all of them. And so it does feel like whatever she said or whatever she did, yeah. it does feel like her choosing Joe Judice and sticking up for him is definitely a stab in the back to Joe and Melissa. We obviously need to see what exactly they are talking about. We only do get that really short. It was like a 10 second clip maybe, but it was a, the wildest 10 seconds of my 2020, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> so oh no, we watched it in 2021. 2021. So wildest, uh, that was a, bet. a crazy start. It, it, we, oh, we really are. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. with that trailer for sure but more to come i mean we're le we're less, less than a than month away we're less than a month away and i am just like I you know, know what give it to me after i, I watched that trailer i was like i want it now yeah we are so ready can't wait to talk about it with you guys uh yeah. this upcoming season it's gonna be a good one um, but let's go back we've always got our relationship updates in the way housewives mm -hmm. this one is kind of interesting i think you can agree yeah. Um, we are talking about Megan King Edmonds. Feels like just a couple of shows ago, we were talking about her breakup with ex-boyfriend Christian. Well, now we are debuting a new boyfriend. Um, on Friday, Megan took to her Instagram story to confirm that she is dating someone new following her split from ex-Christian, at which happened at the end of November. Um, and they were dating each other for six months. She said her and her new boyfriend will have known each other for about a year. So she knew him this whole time, right? Um, she explained that they had went on a few dates last year before deciding to be friends, but then the relationship turned romantic again recently, and she has dubbed him her friend turned boyfriend. 
Um, Megan, you are so confusing. Like you did a better job explaining that than she did. Like, what is the di what is the damn timeline on this one? Somebody I, pull out the receipts. I gotta know. I gotta know when these dates were that happened last like, year. Literal timeline in front of my face. Like, I okay. So if her and Christian dated for six months and they broke no. up in November, that means they started dating in May. Okay. So maybe she went out with this guy at the beginning of uh, beginning of 2020, but there was quarantine. But I think the thing was, no, so we didn't really start quarantine until March. Until like March, yeah. Well, I think that's when she okay. started dating this other the other guy because they talked about them being quarantined, their families being things like okay. other, things like that. So like yeah. when they went on like they did like that ski trip together. So like I think they were quarantined together. And then I, I believe their breakup resulted because I think quarantine lifted and they went kind of their not separate ways, but they were not together. And then like that, I don't know. So I don't know. I want to know where this woman finds time for two boyfriends within the last year when you've got what four kids and one that has like a health issue. Yeah. And and not not only on to, on top of that, like we are in quarantine. How did you manage two boyfriends during quarantine? Maybe it's because, like she said, like she dated this guy prior to it happening. Maybe she got a little bored. Maybe he got a little bored, sent out a text one night. I don't know. That's how things kind of, that's kind of how things are. I mean, think about like I even dating my neighbor. Like that's a quarantine hat, like does that to you. You kind of have to pull away from meeting people, I guess, organically out in the wild and meet people in crazy ways, whether it's yeah. old flames or you just pop outside your stoop one day and meet someone like it happens. Telltale sign here. Listen, Megan is still in the process of the process of finalizing her divorce. So this is also a married mother, yeah. two boyfriends. Um, but yeah, she's still in the process of finalizing the divorce to Jim after the two split in 2019. She has said that her new year's resolution is to have it finalized and behind her. Don't blame her. Nobody likes to have, once you've made the decision to divorce, Nobody likes to see that dragged out. You don't want a Bethany situation. Um, but it's definitely, it's just an interesting timeline. It's very, and she's very open about like things oh, going yeah. on in her life. So I know that we're going to hear more about this. Yeah. Um, I'm almost interested to hear something from Christian, even though I know that's very unlikely. Um, but I mean, like, if if this guy was, like, her friend for the majority yeah. of this, like, did the three of them, like, go out in a group setting together? Mm -hmm. Were they, like, out and about, like, hanging out in the same that's crowd? So like, that's very interesting. So, I don't know. I, I kind of want to know more about this. And you can kind of always count on Megan to spill the beans a little bit on, like, some real yeah. personal shit. So I kind of hope she does on this. Yeah, I really want to know. She really does get, like, pretty raw yes. emotional with yes. stuff. So. <sighs> can't keep up with this girl. Really can for sure. A lot of stuff going on with Housewives really can't keep up with. But something yeah. that we can keep up with is the NFL because we only have two weeks left technically. Oh, so sad. Terrible. But we are playing our game tonight. We've been playing this for the past couple of weeks because it deals yes. directly with the playoffs. So this game, the title of this week, well, what will be in the AFC and NFC? So we did take a look at 
um, you know, everything last week with our conference uh, championship. So now, no, sorry, divisional. Yeah, sorry, divisional. Now we're looking at the conference over here in the AFC and the NFC championship games. Um, so we're looking at the matchups this week. We're filling in the blanks for some right. of our predictions. So as always, we'll give you our matchups. We'll give you our questions. And we have even more bonus bonuses this week. Yes, so, yes. All right, so let's move into our only set of games, which are our Sunday games. So first off, you have number five, Tampa Bay, versus the number one seed, the Green Bay Packers. So the Buccaneers will win if? Um, the Buccaneers will win if their number one run defense handles business and the pass rushers get to Rodgers. Very good. Very good. So I, again, agree with you going with the defense. It needs to be, listen, it needs to be an overall performance from the Buccaneers. I've said yeah. this, I think, with them from the start that we've been doing these games. It needs to be up and down the field performance. But their defense. So you're looking at a Packers team with an average of 31.8 points a game. Right. So defense has to be strong here. You right. have to Dr. Rogers there. Absolutely. So the Packers will win if I have a two-parter. My first one's kind of a joke, kind of serious. I said the Packers will win if it snows. Which I said that the, last week. Which, by the way, it did. I, I checked the forecast for this Sunday in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and it says snow showers, and I am here for it. Well, before you move into your serious part, yeah. I put it snows as well. So okay. I used it last week because I thought it was funny. So I'm going to use it again this week. So. I think we're getting snow. So, um, But then I also said the Packers will win if they get pressure on Brady. These two teams did play in week six, and the Packers had zero sacks against him in that matchup. It cannot be the same way this time. You've got to get them on the ground. Well, I do love that response. And I do think it's, you know, definitely reputable. And it, it kind of, they have to do that. For the Packers, it's all about experience. They've been here before. They've been to the playoffs before, winning playoffs game before. They've been to the Super Bowl Tom before. Brady's been there, but the Buccaneers have the not. Buccaneers been. have not. What we had just said before is what been two thousand two since yeah. they've gone. So listen. So the the Packers have to use their experience during this game because that Bucks team is a very talented Bucks team. But guess what? They're not positioned like the Packers have been positioned over the past couple of years and just kind of in a lifetime to be really honest. So and then I, I'm kind of surprised that like I really I think at this point in Aaron Rodgers career, I would have thought that he would have had another Super Bowl ring by now. Hundred percent. I agree with so, that. So I think it's his time to get get to the title game again. And I don't know if he'll win it, but I think I think it's time that we see him in the Super Bowl again. Quick comment on YouTube that uh, Tom Brady has played in New England for 20 years. He's used to the cold and snow. Well, guess what? The entire Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is not used to that. Tom Brady actually came out and said that he is thoroughly enjoying the warm weather. I think he's uh, been pampered a bit and maybe forgets what it's like to uh to get uh, out. he's probably thawed out a bit too so he's not really that cold anymore so um okay so moving into the quarterback with the most passing yards will be i have such an interesting stat on this one but i went with tom brady okay. and and i do believe aaron Rodgers is going to be the mvp of the regular season i think he's going to win that um, but I was surprised to find that Rodgers has not thrown for 300 plus pass yards since week 11. I feel like we have the same stat. <laughs> really? 
Yeah. Isn't that crazy though? Um, and Brady has eclipsed 300 plus yards in four of his last five games. So I actually went with Aaron Rodgers for this one. Okay. And I actually originally did have Tom Brady because the last three uh, games of his season, he was averaging above 300 yards, like well above 300 yards. Yes. So that's what I was looking at. But then I, I did the playoff spin on things. And with, you know, um, the Packers having the bye and like looking at things, even like last game in particular, you know, Aaron Rodgers was just like a tick ahead of Tom Brady and it shows the experience of that. So again, I had Tom Brady at first. So I was looking at the very similar stat like you, but then I was like, Oh, but we're in play playoff mode is just like a different world. To yeah. Me. Because it really is. So I had to like put it back and just put uh, Aaron Rodgers, but okay. I was being in the same mindset as you. Yeah. Uh, the wide receiver with the, oh, sorry, excuse me. The running back with the most rushing yards will be. I went with Aaron Jones. As did I. Very simple. <laughs> uh, and the wide receiver with the most receiving yards will be. I think we're, I, I'm expecting a big game from this guy. I think it's going to be a big Devonte Adams yep. show. hundred percent. hundred percent agree there. I, I think a lot of stuff points to, you know, offensively to the Packers here. And it attests to what I said before, 30 yeah. 31.8 average points a game. Like, come on, you have a rock star offense. He only had like 60 something passing yards um, or sorry, receiving yards in his last game. And so now I feel like we're due. I feel like this is going to yeah. be the big one. The MVP of the game will be Aaron Rodgers. Yep. I just, there's really nothing there. Um, so this is new for this yes. week. The halftime score will be. I'm keeping it close. I'm going to say 17-14 Packers going oh, into that time. We were close here, but we're going with 17-10, the Packers. All right, all right. Um, and then the final score of the game will be? Let's see where we both end up here. I went with 34-27 Packers. We are on the closer end. Um, we're not the same. Um, I do think the Bucks will, will tack on a couple more points, but I am going with 35-30 to 30, uh, with the Packers winning this game. Yeah, we're definitely predicting a high-scoring game on this one. I think it definitely will be. Yeah. All right, so moving into the number two, Buffalo Bills versus the number one seed, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bills will win if? Bills will win if Patrick Mahomes isn't playing. <laughs> Maybe they that's the answer to the second question. But for me, the Bills offense needs to pair with their defense. We have seen a flip-flop technically in the playoffs so far. We've seen a high uh, excuse me, a high offense. And then we've also seen a high defense. They have to complement each other. They have to do both things, especially against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, absolutely. You can't have one or the other. You got to do both. It's got to be right. Right. It's got to be both. All right. So the Chiefs will win. The Chiefs will win. The Chiefs will win if the team, not just Patrick Mahomes, but the team is healthy. I'm thinking about another big guy like Clyde Edwards. Yes. You want him at full strength, Sammy Watkins. This team needs to be healthy. But they also need to get after Josh Allen this time. Interesting mm -hmm. enough with these two matchups this weekend, both of these two teams met each other, both two matchups met each other in week six. And uh, similar to Green Bay not sacking Brady, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs did not sack Josh Allen in that game. So they need to get after him yeah. this time. That's a big one. 
Yeah, I mean, I just put on kind of my realistic cap of like, you know, Patrick Mahomes might not play. So honestly, they will win if they can compete without him. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just as simple as that, honestly. Yeah. So the quarterback with the most passing yards will be. I'm going to go with Josh Allen. I 100% agree with no, you. If Patrick Mahomes plays, we do not know if he will be at full yeah. strength, full health. I'm going Josh Allen. As am I. And the running back with the most rushing yards will be. This is going to be a pass-happy um, game. Yeah. I actually think whoever ends up being the rushing leader, it's not going to be some crazy stat. I think it's going to be mm -hmm. lower, maybe around 50, 60 rushing yards. I went with Devin Singletary. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Uh, I did, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a, a healthy weekend from this guy, really basing off of stats, but I am going with Clyde uh, Edwards-Hilaire here. Yeah, yeah. Normally, if I felt like 100% confident in his health, I probably would have said him too, but a little bit nervous. And, and again, I think this is going to be a pass-happy game. I don't think it's going to be big in the run game. 100% agree there. So speaking of pass-happy, so the yeah. receiver with the most receiving yards will be... I'm like envisioning just like one huge bomb to Tyreek Hill. And then, you know, that already gets him at like 80 or 90 yards. And then he just tacks on after that. So I'm going Tyreek Hill. Listen, I'm going with Tyreek Hill too. And the problem is, is that I've been going with Stefan Diggs week after week. And I know. He's got to be quiet at some point, right? And last week, you know, he was a little quiet because the defense no, he went over 100 yards again, both playoff again? games. Again? What am I looking at? What am I, I don't know. Maybe for me last week, the defense was just standing more out to me. So I was right. like, but if you look at Diggs for his last however many he's games, so much he's better than that, I feel. Over 100 yards, over 100 yards, over 100 yards. And at some point, he's got to have a quiet game. And so as much <laughs> as I was tempted to say him, I was like, I, I'm going Tyreek Hill. True, true. All right, the MVP of the game will be. I mean, it's going to be big. It's going to be big if Patrick Mahomes can be healthy yeah. enough to play that game and win. I'm going Patrick Mahomes. And I am going with Mr. Josh Allen because I do yeah. have them winning the game. Right. So the halftime score will be. You guys know I'm taking the Chiefs to win, but I'm going with a 14-13 Bills lead. At halftime, that is the, the Chiefs are used to being down in yes, their playoffs. Yes, they are. are. From behind, I think this is going to be a crazy close game. I'm giving the Bills the lead at half. It is close for me too at halftime, and I do have the Bills leading as well. It's going to be 10-7 at halftime. Okay. All right, all right. And the final score of this game will be: I have 30-27 Chiefs. All right, uh, not you know too too far behind. Okay. Um, I'm going with 2717. The Bills. All right, all right. Woo! Right. So interesting. We do have some bonus questions though here, yeah. so um, let's go over. So, what was your best prediction from last week? I mean, this goes along with you. Just straight up, we went four and zero on our picks. Yeah. Well, I joked that it did snow, so I did make that prediction last week. Um, and the Bucks won, so that was our big upset last week. Yes, big yep. upset, so the Bucks did win. So those are my two there. Um, the worst prediction um, from last week. My worst prediction last week my, was my score prediction 
of the Bills Ravens game. I thought that Buffalo was going to win 38 to 30 and it ended up being 17 to 3. So I was not expecting that defensively. Thought it was going to be a shootout and I was very much so wrong. So I did talk a lot about the Bills offense last week and just kind of like getting like more of a spark there and like other areas and things like that, including this past weekend, they used their defense to their advantage. So I guess we could call that a poor prediction on my end. So. Yeah. yeah. But again, but it plays into my prediction this week of using both sides of things there. Right. So your fate, what was your favorite game that you watched last week? Uh, I unfortunately didn't get to watch much football. One of the, the, only games that I really got to watch was Tampa Bay, New Orleans, but that was a good game to watch anyways, because of course it was Brady versus Breeze and potentially Drew Brees's last game. So that was, that was what I went with. I picked that one as well. Yeah. All right. So the matchup that you're most looking forward to this weekend, if Patrick Mahomes plays, I can't wait for that Buffalo Kansas City game. I think it's going to be a great game. Even if he doesn't play, that is one. I, yeah. it. I am all in on that. Yeah, for sure. 100%. So, what is the who is the best head coach left standing right now? I, I, and I like Bruce Arians, and I like all these guys. Uh, but I'm going Andy Reid. The goat. The goat. Andy <laughs> Reid, for yeah. sure. Uh, what is the best offensive team left standing right now? I actually went with Buffalo. Um, they're second. They're second in the league in yards per game, and also second in the league in points per game. And I feel like this is a real hot offensive team, and uh, I'm giving them the slight edge over the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, for me, I actually went with the Packers. Like, I just, I Ooh. literally cannot get over the, you know, the stat that I brought up earlier with the 31.8 average points per game. Like, that's that's a huge for a team yeah. to complete and to have that going into the postseason and actually have to add on to that into the postseason, like high scoring wise. So it's a hot offense. But think about these four teams we have left. Like they are all amazing. I think they're all better on the offensive side of the ball than they are on the defensive side. Well, they 100% are because, you know, getting into this next question, you know, who yeah. is the hottest defense right now is a little, I don't even, I, I kind of struggle. They're just, some of them are just, some of them are really like middle of the road, middle of the pack defenses. They pretty much are. So who did you end up picking here? But I do really like one amongst the rest of them. I really do like that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. I do too, but I did put a backslash with the the Packers too. So okay. I I really like was really torn between the two of them because their stats are very similar um, when it comes to sacks, when it comes to, you know, touchdowns compared to interceptions, like how many right. touchdowns they had a game or per or average per interception. So they really and like rush yard, they, they, they really were very, very similar. But yeah, the slight edge. 100% to the Packers, but I, really, I had a trouble there. I had to put the backslash on the Packers too. So. Yeah, but we're definitely looking at four really hot offensive teams. And defenses, it's going to be high, it's going to be a high-scoring weekend, even though mine yeah. are not 100% the most high-scoring games, but we'll definitely have some high-scoring games here. Yeah. All right, well, it is that point in the night. Time to get it off our chest. Positive, negative, football, housewives, life, wine, <laughs> that New Jersey trailer, although we already – Got <laughs> but um, Caitlin, do you want to kind of go with roll with me on mine? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, like before you get started, though, like I know yours yeah. is football. I mean, like just real quick, like I just can't believe that we're moving into the AFC NFC championship. And I, oh my goodness, we were so concerned about the season, like with COVID yeah. and everything. And just like, you know, we didn't have a preseason with like every, you know, no fans and like certain stadiums. And then things kind of like, you know, you know, un- I don't know, the unwind, everything like that. And I just, I don't know. So I just can't believe that the season's almost over. Um, I guess I just want to, you know, give like a big shout out to the NFL. Like I think they huge really props, huge, huge props. props to them. And we can definitely probably wrap up, you know, after the Super Bowl is over and provide like stronger data points on actually how huge of props they do like need to receive. But I just, I guess like my mini get it off my chest. And I want to definitely, you know, go off of yours as well, but I just, I can't believe we're this close to the end of the season. Yeah. God bless all the games were played. I know they were played on crazy days of the week sometimes, but they made it happen. And that's a huge victory for the league. Um, Another, another huge victory for the league is, you know, my get it off my chest. And I know Caitlin feels strongly about it as well, but we are going to have our first woman ever to officiate the Super Bowl, which is huge. Love it. Huge, huge shout out to Sarah Thomas. Um, She joined the NFL in 2015 as she was the first female on-field official. So breaking barriers. That was like a familiar face, which I love. Like you see pretty much like almost like all the game. Like, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) I think the best part about this is um, as far as the criteria for being chosen to be a rep, because it's like a hand-selected process, obviously, of who they want to be the rest yeah. of the Super Bowl. The league chooses their Super Bowl officials based on eligibility. Um, there is a requirement that you need to have a minimum of five years experience, mm-hmm. which shows that she entered in 2015. Like she pretty much as soon as she was able to, they picked her. Yeah. But also the more impressive thing is that it's also based on your in-season performance. Yeah. So they're acknowledging her as the best of the best. And I think that's amazing. She has worked a total of four postseason games in six seasons with the league, finally getting to the big game, you know, with her eligibility now. And I think it's absolutely amazing. And I'm pumped. You know what I mean? Like girls are really starting to make a name for themselves in the world of football. We obviously talked about um, the female kicker for Vanderbilt playing in college. That was huge. And Sarah Thomas, you know, she made waves in 2015 and she's doing it again. And, And women's faces are being seen on the sidelines and on the field, which is unbelievable. Yeah. And I think in like in the current like environment we are in the world, like, you know, there's a big move for, you know, making sure like women are, you know, included in a lot of things and like can do certain things. And I think when it comes to sports, it's you want to make sure like, you know, and if everything else, you're picking the right person to do the job. So the NFL for this one in particular, they didn't just choose a female because they had to choose a female. She has a resume and she knows what she's doing. So that makes me love this decision 10 million times more. Yeah. Like she yeah. earned her spot. She's female. Woo! Like girls, yes. Like NFL, like rest. Woo! Like love it. Like the Super Bowl, love it. But 
they didn't just pick her because it was like, okay, like we need to make the right move here and like have a female do this. No. Right. It didn't feel like a political, like, oh, we've got no. to face and like throw a girl in there. And that's what I love. And I think right now that's a lot of the momentum that's going on with sports, like, oh, or other positions in like other corporate environments and things like that. Like we have to pick someone to, to make us look good or to make us feel right. okay. Like, you know, you, you need to make decisions like on, you know, what's right and what's good. And she is like, she's it. And she's opening so many opportunities though. And we see so many, you know, individuals too, especially females with the NFL, like they're coaching, they're doing things like that. And you're not going to be able to hire a, head coach, like a female head coach or, you know, things like that until these opportunities are made and they're making moves in so many different areas. And listen, the opportunities are opening up and we're going to see a lot of moves here. And not only with coaching and with, you know, officiating things like that, like you had just mentioned the Vanderbilt kicker, like positions are opening up now too. Yeah. So it's very exciting. And listen, it's going to take a while. We're making a lot of changes or we're, turning a lot of corners in some areas and it will take time. So 2015, now we're in 2021 and she's, you know, great. First female is, I don't, I don't care if it takes time as long as it's the right amount of time. Like she, and it was, and it was earned. And like yeah. we said, it wasn't just like, okay, let's just do this no. to like save face or make people happy or whatever. Look, she's clearly good. Like I said, yeah. like she's a familiar face now. Like she pops up on the screen on Sunday. I'm like, yeah, hello. Welcome yeah. to my living room. You're supposed to be here. I see yeah. you all the time. Like it's normal. Like it just, that's the thing. Like we have to stop looking at it as like a, like, oh my God, a female like to, okay, no, you see her every weekend. Get used to seeing her. Get used to seeing her. We should be here. So I yeah. absolutely love this. Like hell to the yeah, like kill it. Like, keep opening up these doors for females in football, females in sports, because female, yeah. female in sports is a very, obviously a controversial topic and very, you know, even things this week too. Like, I don't know how, like how like big everyone is into like baseball here, but like, there's obviously it's like a lot of like bad stuff going around in the baseball world this year mm -hmm. in regards to female in sports. But it just, you know, again, like we're even what Katie and I do, like this is fun for Katie and I, but like, it's still, you know, but we want to be taken seriously as yeah. to actually like know what they're talking about. It's fun, but like, I don't want you to like shoot us down. Like we don't, we don't want that. We take time. Like this takes time and like this takes like yeah. work, but it's definitely, we want, you to, we want you to listen to us because you yeah. trust, that you know, that we know what we're talking about. Absolutely. So I truly do love that you picked this for your get it off your chest. It's amazing. Like yeah. let's go, let's keep moving forward. Hells yeah. Hells yeah. All righty. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. We do have a couple things that you definitely don't want to miss. So Real Houses of Orange County is on tonight at 9 p.m. If you are watching us live, you got a quick 15 minutes to go fill up those wine glasses, maybe to go to the bathroom. I don't know what you want to do. Take a 15-minute power nap. I don't know. It's kind of late. Um, <laughs> you also have, too, you might want to take a power nap because you do have a back-to-back -back feature because Salt Lake yeah. City is on at 10 o'clock. Real Housewives Atlanta is on this Sunday at 8 p.m. Dallas yeah. is on Tuesday at 9 p.m. I want to make a comment about Salt Lake City. I think we okay. recently discovered that it was only going to be like a 13-episode yeah. season, so I did want to inform everybody that tonight is episode 11. 
So oh, we're getting to the tail end of it, people. We don't yeah. want to miss these final episodes. We are getting it to the end there. And yeah. this weekend, you do have your conference championships. The AFC and the NFC are battling for those games. Both are on Sunday, so we've had some glorious Saturday-Sunday combos the past couple of weeks. But this is only on Sunday. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will face the Green Bay Packers at 3.05. Mark that down. Random time. 3.05 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. And then Buffalo uh, versus Kansas City at 6.40 p.m. Eastern. You do not want to miss it. I am so ready for Sunday. Don't forget your oh, snacks. Yeah. Snacks. Get your snacks on Saturday. Because don't don't be a me. When you have wine glasses, or a convenience wine in a, a can. Yes, or wine in a can. It doesn't fit in the Yeti um, cooler though. The koozie. So yeah. the wine in a can does not fit in the Yeti koozie. So I'm giving okay. that PSA here for everyone. Okay. But Yes. So fill up on your snacks because it is, first of all, fill up on your snacks tonight until Sunday because Housewives football is coming at you hot. Turn on our podcast, you know, literally snacks, wine, everything. Get it all. But thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode. We will catch you next time. So bye-bye. Cheers.